Well, hello, friends. If we haven't met before, my name's Ethan, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm one of the pastors here, and glad to be with you as we continue our series, First Things First. Uh, We're just asking kind of who we are and who you are and trying to get to know each other just a little bit. Uh, Before I jump into that, though, I do want to celebrate something with you. Uh, Last December, those of you who were with us then know that we dedicated 20% of the whole month's offering toward our end-of-year offering, uh, working toward planting a church uh, called Experience Christian Church outside of Philadelphia, the ministry around here of Isaiah 117 House, and also to the SEND Internship Fund, which provides funding for people training for ministry. Uh, Super excited to get to tell you uh, that we had the best December we've ever had as a church. It was amazing. Your generosity uh, and God's generosity through you was just incredible. It meant we were allowed to give uh, over $100,000 toward those three missions. That's an amazing December for us, and thank you for your generosity in that, and uh, just wanted to celebrate that with you and let you all know that good news. Yeah, we can clap for that. All right. That's good stuff. Um, And so uh, that's just great stuff. All right. First things first. What we've been talking about is kind of who we are as a church. Uh, But today we kind of take a turn. So far we've talked about the big picture. What do all Christians believe? And we've talked about our little family of churches. What what kind of, what's unique about the tribe of churches we're a part of? And last week we talked about this local church. And what are we, what are our real priorities as we try to follow Jesus? And this week we're going to turn things around a little bit. And we're going to talk about you. Uh, As a church, when we look at God's word, what do we learn about you? And there's lots of things we could say. Some of it we've already covered. We learned that you're loved. We learned that God desires to adopt you into his family. Uh, But today I want to talk about some real practical things that you you might not know God's word says about you. Uh, For instance, God's word says that you are gifted. God's word says that you have been empowered and gifted by God's spirit for good work. Uh, Here's the way Paul puts it in Romans. Uh, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members uh, do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is proclaiming God's truth, then proclaim it in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I love Paul's little instruction here. He says, listen, now, now I don't want you to get the big head, but I do want you to know you are gifted. He said, I mean, obviously, look at yourself with sober judgment. You're not perfect, but you are gifted. And so these gifts, you better use them and use them well and use them up because they were given to you to be used. Paul's even clearer about this principle uh, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, a letter to a different church. He writes this, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but it's the same Spirit who gives them away. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord that you're serving. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God who is at work. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I find it so interesting that even though Paul starts this chapter with, I don't want you to be uninformed about spiritual gifts, 
this actually is an area of great confusion in the church. I meet lots of people who are, who are they're not sure if they have spiritual gifts or they, they want spiritual gifts or they don't even know what they are. Um, so I did, a little more than 20 years ago, I actually wrote a play to explain spiritual gifts. Uh, a play that I will not be performing right now. But if you want to see the play, come to our First Things First class. It's performed there every time. You can also go back. I did perform it here on November 10th. Uh, so you can go back, check out our YouTube channel if you want to see the play that explains spiritual gifts. It is, of course, a literary masterpiece. You are really missing it today. Uh, but anyways, but the point of the play is the same as the point that Paul is trying to make here. Look there in verse 7. Kind of the whole, the whole thing is in verse 7. To each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So so what do we learn about spiritual gifts from just this one verse? Well, we learn that everybody gets them. So so you don't have to wonder, uh, do I have spiritual gifts or I wish I had spiritual gifts? Everybody gets them. We also learn that the, the spiritual gifts are from God. They're through you and they are for the common good. They're, they're from God. That's the thing he says. Each one, it's a manifestation of the Spirit. So if spiritual gifts are from God, this is why we would say, you know, don't get the big head about them. If you've got gifts and you know it, don't get arrogant about that because they're not from you. They're from God. You, didn't, you had nothing to do with it. God just gave you these gifts because so they're from God. But they're also for the common good. So we also can't get greedy about it. We can't be like, look at all the gifts I have. I'm so gifted. I'm so amazing. Because those gifts weren't for you. They were for the common good. They're for somebody else. But they are through you. The spiritual gifts are through each one of us. So it's important that we don't abdicate our role in giving, in passing on the good gifts that God has given us that are for the common good. Paul goes on in that chapter to talk about different kinds of gifts, just like he does in Romans. And and you could go look at the list, but the list isn't that important. I mean, it's serving, helping, administration, teaching, preaching. But it's not the complete list. Anything that God, that is from God through you for the common good is a spiritual gift. But then later in the chapter, he says a new thing. Uh, And this new thing is actually the second thing that I want to make sure you know about you. The first thing he says in that chapter is that you are gifted. The second thing he says is that you are needed. That's, that's thing number two that I want to make sure you know about you is that you are needed. Let me read a big chunk of this chapter. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It'll be up on the screen or you can follow along in your Bibles. I want to read a big chunk uh, and, and because it's just super important to kind of, kind of internalize what Paul is teaching us about the church right here. He says... Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 
If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it now. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. I just, there is so much to learn about how to be the church from that text. Go back this afternoon, 1 Corinthians 12. Just read the whole chapter and just just ask God what you need to learn. Though those people that receive least honor in the world should receive most honor in the church. Those people that are least presentable should be here, be presented with the greatest honor. Those people that feel the least needed should know that here they are needed. So much to learn from that text, but, but maybe the big picture is just this. And what I need you to learn is this, that you are needed by God's church. The gifts you have are needed by God's church. And just as the body would be weakened if all of a sudden the foot said, listen, because I don't have the gifts of an eye, I'm out. I'm no longer part of the body. Just as the body would be weakened by that, the church is weaker when your gifts go unused. Okay? If you sit on the sidelines and sort of watch the life of the church pass you by and you don't serve or give or pray or worship or lead or help or contribute or use your gifts to serve God's church, this church is weaker. One of my favorite things that gets to happen whenever I meet somebody who's new to the church or maybe they're just visiting or trying to decide is I just am instantly drawn to pray, God, thank you so much that you have brought someone with the gifts that this church needs. And I can pray that prayer even before I know what their gifts are. And I often do. Because God's word promises that when someone comes and connects with a local church, they come with gifts that are needed by that church. And we're a stronger church when your gifts get incorporated. All of us need each other's gifts. And no gifts are unimportant. You are gifted You are needed. The third thing follows from those first two. There is work prepared for you to do. I'm not sure if you're supposed to have favorite Bible verses, but I unapologetically do. Listen to these words. For it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, this is not from yourselves It's the gift of God. It's not by works so no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
What I love about this verse is that it starts with the grace of salvation. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves, so don't get braggy about it. It's a gift. It starts with the grace of salvation. But this verse ends with the grace of purpose. You were made to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. And I know some people who right now, they need the grace of purpose in their life just as much as they need the grace of salvation. They need to know that God has made them and made the world so that there is good work for them to do in the world. They are not left with a life that is meaningless and purposeless. On the contrary, God has orchestrated all of creation so that there would be meaningful work for them to do. You are saved by grace and by grace you are given a purpose for life. Right here, in the, in the class uh, is where we would take a break. I would have been talking at this point for about an hour and a half straight and I would need a break from talking and they would need a break from listening. And so what we do right here is we let people scatter around the room and learn about different ways to serve in the local church. Uh, because one of the most important ways we express the truth that we are gifted, needed, and there's work prepared to do is by serving in the local church. And they could go learn about different things. Now, obviously we can't do that here this morning, uh, but we do want to try and simulate that moment just a little bit. So hopefully on your way in, uh, you got one of these little cards on your way in. Uh, and I uh, hope you got that. If not, never fear. If you've got a smartphone, I can even do better than one of these cards. In fact, if you've got a smartphone and you're the kind of person who knows how to use it, go ahead and pull it out. We're going to do something here together. Like, if you don't know how to use it, you don't have to take it out and embarrass yourself. But if you're, like, good with your smartphone, take it out right here. A and open up your browser. Because here's what I want to make super easy today. Here's the thing. You ready? If it's true that you're gifted and needed and there's work prepared for you to do and the church is weaker if you aren't using your gifts, well then one of the things we need as a church and you need is to be serving in the local church. So uh, you, can, you, can, you can either follow along on this little card here or on the website if you've got it up on your phone, fcc-jc.org and on your phone you'll get something that looks a little bit like this. Not like that. We'll see it in a second. There, it looks like that. Now on your phone, the menu thing is over in the corner, but you'll see the little lines on your phone, and you'll click on those lines, and the menu will open up. And then on your phone, you'll click on next steps, and the menu will drop down. Here, we can already see the menu. Under next steps, you'll see serve. You click on serve, and it goes to this little page right here. And it's just a list of all the different teams we've got. And you can scroll down there. We've got different kinds of teams. And you can see that when I click on that production team. That's Eli Inslee's smiling face. He's serving downstairs right now. Okay, and you'll see it describes the team and you scroll on down below that and then for each one of these teams, there's a little form. Name, email, phone, you click submit and that sends an email to somebody from our team who'll be in touch with you. Or if, if that website stuff, and, and you actually can do it right now. If you know where you need to serve, if you know what gifts you have and it's time for you to put them in the game, just do it right now. T type it in. You could just write this minute, click submit. Uh, that'd be awesome. Or you could get this card. And at the bottom of this card, same thing. Name, phone, email, tell us what area you're interested in serving. Fill this out right now. I want to make this super easy for you. And because here's the thing, ready? If you aren't using your gifts to serve the local church, then the local church is weaker. I mean, that's just the way it is. Because we just read in God's word that your gifts are needed 
Like nobody gets to say, oh, they don't need my gifts. Which means if we need your gifts and you're not using your gifts, then we're weaker because you're not. Uh, you know, I, I hear all kinds of people give me all kinds of reasons why they're taking a break from serving the local church. You know, I'm in college, I'll serve later. Or I got little kids, I'll serve later. Or we're empty nesters, we just got free, we'll serve later. Or we're retired, now we're, doing, we're playing golf, we'll serve later. And, and, and here's the thing, all those excuses make sense to me. But none of those excuses undo what God's word very clearly says, which is that your gifts are needed for the church to be at its strongest. And, and so I'll just say, if you're on your phone right now, click the little join the team button, fill out the little form, press submit. Or if you got one of these, grab a pen, fill out the form. You can also stop by, we got connection kiosks all over the building. You can talk to one of them about different serving areas uh, because our church cannot live up to its potential uh, unless you're serving. And, and if you're a guest here today and you've got some other local church that's your home church, would you just go back there next week and just say, okay, I'm here, I'm ready to serve because what I found out is that you need me and I got gifts and I want to put them into play uh, for in, in the local church. All right, let's talk a little more about you. Where were we? Let's see, you're gifted, you're needed, there's work prepared for you to do. I got two more and the next one is you are made for community. You are made for community. God did not design you to live life alone. Listen to the way Acts 2 describes the very earliest days of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in their temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God, enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You were meant to be part of a church like that. You were made for that kind of community. And I'm just telling you, most of what it means to live out of a spiritual life can only happen in relationship to other people. And I just want you to know, if you read that and you just think that's too imaginary, nothing could else like that could ever happen, it, it does happen. It happens all the time. I can tell you stories of a, of a guy who lost his job in this church and his, his, his small group rallied around him and paid his bills until he found the new one. I know a lady who needed a bus ticket to get home for Christmas. She had no money for that bus ticket, and, and she went to a Sunday school class, and they just paid for the bus. This, this happens. Have you seen the new Cadillac commercial? Have you seen this new commercial? Uh, check out a little bit of this commercial. Here, right here. All right, I love this commercial. A couple of things I love about it. One is that I love, it. underneath the bank burning, it says dramatization, do not attempt in little letters. Why doesn't it say that in the previous shot where that kid is doing that spin flip? Because I'm not about to go burn down a bank, but I might try that spin flip. And if I did, I would break several bones in my body. That's the one I need the warning about. But, but I love that commercial. Everybody has a crew. I, I just wish I knew that many people who look so good in leather jackets, you know? I love that commercial. Everybody has a crew. 
I got one thing, one problem with that commercial though, is it's not true. Everybody does not have a crew. And if you're one of the lucky people who do have a crew, a stone cold, never blink, go anywhere crew, if you're one of the lucky people who have a crew, I just want to be clear, you have something so much more precious than a Cadillac that seats eight, if you've got a crew. Because not everybody's got a crew. A lot of us are lonely. A lot of us aren't sure we could find anybody to go see the movies, much less go burn down a bank with. Or maybe you've got a crew that isn't helping you get to where you need to go. They aren't helping you love Jesus more deeply and commit to the church more faithfully. Maybe they're pulling you in different directions. Not everybody's got a crew. Not everybody's got the right crew. But you were meant to have a crew. You probably weren't meant to have an eight-seater Cadillac, but you were meant to have a crew, all right? God made you to have a crew. You were designed for crew life. And I just want to tell you that joining a Sunday school class or getting in a small group and committing to it or, or just having a, a, you know, a Friday night supper club with a group of people who love each other and love Jesus, just committing to a rhythm of Christian fellowship is probably the second most important decision you'll make in your life. After the decision to give your life to Christ in the first place, to become a follower of Christ, I really think the second most important decision a person makes as far as the trajectory of their life is to commit to Christian community. And if you were just saying, I don't need that right now, you're just wrong because God wired you up for that kind of thing. I've been using this line for 20 years. It's one of my favorites. I don't even know if it's a good line, but I like it. Getting in a Sunday school class or a small group Bible study or some sort of Christian fellowship is the best life insurance there is. Now, I don't mean what we normally call life insurance. That's actually death insurance. That's where if you die, they pay somebody a bunch of money. And you should definitely have some of that. It's super important, but I can't help you with that, okay? I don't have any of that. I'm talking about actual life insurance, the kind of insurance you need for the kinds of things that happen in your life. Like, what are you going to do when your dog dies or you lose your job or your house burns down or you've got, you got struggle in your marriage or your kids won't behave or you just want somebody to watch the Super Bowl with? Where do you turn then? Where do you turn when you need help in life? Well, for that, you need a crew. You need a group. You need to have made a commitment, an ongoing commitment to a body of believers that's small enough for you to actually get to know them and love them and care for them. Again, it's Connect Sunday, so we're trying to make this as easy as possible. You got this flyer. At the bottom of the flyer, you just put your name, phone number, email, check a few boxes, tell when you're available. Somebody will call you and help you find a group in this church. If you're thinking to yourself, I bet they don't have enough groups in this church. We got this thing. It's in most of your pews. I bet you can find one. You can find them at the connection kiosk. It's this little booklet that holds all these pages that describe all the groups. And it's like 400 pages long. We have hundreds of groups in this church. They meet at all kinds of times, doing all kinds of things. Grab one of these booklets, get a group. Or, again, go to the website. You know, somebody was telling me they were talking to somebody who was interested in getting in a group. And they said, I wish there was some way to know what groups I could send them to. Well, there is. Pull out your smartphone real quick if you need help. FCC-JC.org. Click on the little slash lines again. Boom. Menu pops up under connect. If you're on your phone, you'll have to actually click the word connect. You go down, you find groups. You click on groups. 
And there it is, short-term, ongoing, Sunday school. Keep going. Women, men, care groups. Click on uh, short-term just so they see what it looks like. You click on short-term. Pretty picture of Lisa Blankenship. That's who oversees our short-term groups. Scroll on down, and there's the list. Boom, that's all of our short-term groups that are starting up real soon. And you can click on one of those and learn about them. Why do we do this? Why do we print handouts and booklets and we got 400 connection kiosks and we redid the website? Why do we do this? Well, it's because you were made to live in community. God did not design you to go through life alone. And if you're trying to do that right now, if you don't have people that you're meeting with and studying God's word and, and sharing life with, I, I, the bad news is there, there is a price to pay for an isolated life. You just can't predict when that price comes. And then when the price comes, you're not able to pay it because you don't have people around you to support you in that. And so whatever method you use, again, for most of you, the easiest thing is just going to be write a few words on this card. You can do it right now. Grab the card. It tears off the bottom. Fill it out. We've got baskets on the way out. And somebody will call you and help you get in a group. A lot of you need to do that. Whatever method you use, I hope you'll take the plunge today, okay? It can be hard uh, because for a lot of you, the first group you visit, like, isn't going to be a fit for you. Maybe they're all weird. Or maybe you're weird and you just think they're weird. Could be that too, okay? And, and so great, the first group you try won't be a fit for you. And so then you'll try another. Uh, I, I talked on the phone yesterday with a woman here in the church. She knew what I was preaching about today and she had some stuff she wanted me to tell you. Here's what she said. She said, I want everyone to know how amazing the communities of FCC are. She said, my husband and I hadn't had many moments where we really felt like we needed the community. But we stayed in it. We were in a small group and committed to that. And, and we'd had plenty of times where we helped other people, where we'd taken them a meal or sat with them when we had been the community for them. But we'd never really felt the need ourselves. And then last summer, we had a need. My husband had a pretty serious surgery by the end of the six-hour surgery, there were 19 people waiting and praying with us, almost every one from our Sunday school class. Over the next weeks and weeks, they fed us and loved us and surrounded us and visited us and remembered us. They knew better than we did what we needed, and they met our needs before we knew we had them. I had heard people say that you could see the church at work in the community of God's people. I'd heard even people say you could see the love of God in a Christian community. But I had never seen it with my own eyes until last summer. The reason we print all these cards and booklets and redo the website and the reason I challenge you to right now grab a pen and if you don't have a community like that, fill out the card and let us help you get connected. The reason I do all that is because you were made for what she just described and I don't want you to miss it. I genuinely never care whether you get an eight-seater Cadillac, but I desperately want you to have a crew what is it, a stone-cold, never-blink crew who will walk with you into whatever is coming because God made you to have people. And you can get people here. There's one more thing, though, that you'll have to do. 
One more thing about you, the last one. Where were we? You're gifted, you're needed. There's work prepared for you to do. You were made for community and all of us need to choose. I'll be super clear. Nobody can make you follow Jesus. If you want to follow your own path, nobody can make you follow Jesus. Nobody can make you use the gifts that God has given you for the common good. If you want to kind of hoard your gifts and watch the church get weaker because you have gifts that the church needs and you're not sharing them, nobody can make you use your gifts. And nobody can make you join a group. And I know it's hard to join a group because, like I say, the first one might not work out or you might not, it'll be, I know, I know it's inconvenient and it's time-consuming. But what I know is that God wants this for you. And we are inviting you, and we've made it just as easy as we could, write three things on a card, stick it in a basket, boom, you've started. Go on the website. We've just made it as easy as we could. But ultimately, you will have to choose. You will have to choose to say, I want to do the work that God has prepared for me. You'll also have to choose and say, I want to be in a community of fellow Christ followers where I can know them and they can know me and we can care for you. I mean, you'll have to choose. And I guess I just really hope you'd do that today. It'll never be even any easier. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for these just amazing people I love so much, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray, God, that you would give them the clarity to see that they are gifted and needed and there's work for them to do. That they were made to live in community and I pray that you would help them make that choice. Fill out a card and drop it in the basket on the way out. Go on the website. Do, do just any one of these simple steps. Go stop by a kiosk. And uh, These are so practical, God, but these are the kinds of practical steps that push us into your will as we begin to use our gifts for your kingdom and connect with your people and community, the very things you want for us. And so I just pray right now that your spirit would be on those who need to make that step and that they would do just that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.